first reading today is from Acts, the fifth chapter. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join him, them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the word of the Lord. The psalm today is from Psalm 148. It's a responsive reading. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him all Praise him all <coughs> Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. 
Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up for his people. Praise for all the saints. Praise the Lord. The second reading is from Revelations, the first chapter. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on the account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos in account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, I, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like the son of a man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs on his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire, his feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, 
peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from him who is, and who was, and who is to come. The Lord is risen. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Wow. It's hard to believe I have seven grandchildren already. Sound familiar? These are phrases we often say that just roll off the tongue, yet we really do believe it. Why? Because it's true. I really do have seven grandchildren. <laughs> As many of you know, Craig and I traveled to India a few years ago. I still can't believe I was there, but it's true. It seems like a lifetime ago. We visited Bethania Kids, a Christian mission working to bring hope and wholeness to orphaned, abandoned, disabled, and destitute children in India. And when the kids do their children's church, the offering there goes to Bethania Kids. We were privileged to take this trip, and we did a little sightseeing at the beginning where we visited Santhome Cathedral Basilica in, China, in Chennai. It's one of the three cathedrals built over the tomb of an apostle, the others being St. Peter's Basilica in Rome and St. James de Compostela in Spain. The pictures that you see here are of the tomb chapel of St. Thomas that lies beneath Santhome Cathedral. The sign outside reads this. This is the tomb chapel that treasures the remains of St. Thomas one of the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. He came to India in 52 AD and died as a martyr for the noble cause of preaching the good news in 72 AD. We are proud and fortunate to be part of this holy land, which has been made sacred by the blood of St. Thomas, who confessed, my Lord and my God. 
we have received the Christian faith because of the person and presence of St. Thomas. Now that's a witness. There are other relics in the museum that is attached to the tomb chapel. One is the lance head that killed St. Thomas along with a piece of his bone that has been preserved till this day. Now, some of you may be skeptical. Is that really the place where the Apostle Thomas was killed and buried? Is that really the spearhead that killed him? And a bone fragment? Really? It's hard to believe. But I can see it with my own eyes. In spite of all we have heard and all we have seen, like Thomas, it's still often hard to believe. And because it is hard to believe, we as a church dedicate the next 50 days, the number of days until Christ's ascension, to the mystery of Easter. During that time, because it's hard to believe, John the Evangelist will provide sign after sign celebrating Jesus' victory over death. In the beginning of chapter 20, the few verses that come before our gospel lesson today, John tells us that Jesus appeared to some of his most important disciples during the first week following his death. And the first being Mary, Mary Magdalene. But before Jesus had appeared to her, verse 2 tells us that she ran to the others and said, they have taken our Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have laid him. But it was hard to believe. So what does Peter do? He goes to see for himself. Then in verse 9 and 10, it says, they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So they went back to their homes. Why they went there and what they did next, we're not told. But Mary Magdalene stayed. And there, Jesus appeared to her. She doesn't recognize him at first, but then he calls her by name, Mary, and immediately she recognizes him. Jesus then gives her a command. In verse 17, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go, go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary is commissioned and obeys the command telling the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them all about her visit from Jesus. But it was hard for them to believe. There's no evidence that, that the disciples even believed Mary or even Peter's witness of the empty tomb. This brings us to our gospel lesson today. Now we're told the doors were locked where the disciples were. What disciples and how many? We are not told, but we do know that Thomas was not with them and the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. And what happens next is amazing. Jesus came among them. He stood among them on his own two feet, appearing out of thin air through locked doors. And he says, peace be with you and shows them his wounds, proof that it was him. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, being a nurse, it would be pretty scary seeing Jesus standing before me after I had witnessed firsthand the horrific death that he had suffered on the cross and had seen his lifeless body placed in a tomb with a giant stone rolled in front of it with no way to get out. Can you imagine 
how they felt seeing him? Was it relief? Was it belief? Verse 21 tells us that it was gladness they felt. Their Lord was with them again. And what about the feeling they had when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They too, like Mary, were now commissioned to go and tell. Whether they realized it or not, Jesus gave them a tall order. But in verse 25, at the, <clears throat> Jesus gave them a tall order. I lost my place. And the first person we are told that they tell of this mar marvelous event is Thomas. But in verse 25, Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and the place and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And so he was called Doubting Thomas. It's hard to believe what you do not see and cannot touch. Then a little more than a week later, the disciples are again found behind locked doors. But this time, Thomas is with them. Why the doors are locked, we're not told. Maybe their fear was that they too would be killed, or maybe they would be accused of stealing Jesus's body. Or were they afraid of the Jew they had abandoned at the cross, whom they saw raised from the dead? We don't know why. What we do know is that they hadn't seen Jesus for eight days since he last appeared to them. But then in verse 26, although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them again and said, peace be with you. Jesus comes in peace, not condemnation, but rather in peace. And locked downs don't work because he will seek you out no matter what. Now Jesus knows that Thomas was struggling with the fact that people were saying Jesus was alive, but what does Jesus do? He turns to Thomas like he did with the disciples a week earlier and he shows them his wounds. He even says, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. He invites Thomas to touch him as if to say, if this is what helps you believe, then touch these places. And then Jesus goes on to say, do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answers, my Lord and my God. Then it's as if Jesus said, you don't need to physically see me in order to believe. He said to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. In preparing for this sermon, I came across a sermon that Dr. Timothy Keller preached on Thomas, being the great climax of John's gospel, not because he was a great doubter, but rather because he was a great apostle and believer. And here are some of his thoughts intertwined with some of mine. As a believer, Thomas does not need to see the risen Christ with his eyes physically, but as an apostle, he does. The meeting Thomas missed was the week before. All the disciples were commissioned as apostles, no longer just followers or disciples of Jesus, but now apostles or preachers sent by Jesus on a mission to share the gospel with the world. But Thomas wasn't there. They were given the power, the authority of the Holy Spirit, but Thomas wasn't there. 
They were given the message of how sins are going to be forgiven. But Thomas wasn't there. As a believer, he didn't really need the proof. But as an apostle, he did, because apostles are eyewitnesses to the resurrection. Thomas was saying, I'm not an apostle until I've seen the risen Lord. I think he may have wanted to believe it, but it's hard to believe without seeing. Why is this a climax? Because he's one of the 12. John wants us to see that they got the royal treatment, every possible proof that Jesus is Lord. That's worth repeating. Jesus is Lord. They were the chosen to continue the work Jesus had started, and all 12 needed to experience the risen Christ, the Lord and giver of life. How can we be sure that what we're reading here has not been distorted, that it's true, that it's valid? Take a look at the treatment the disciples got. Thomas is rebuked for not believing the apostles' testimony. How about you? How about me? Are we believing? Jesus said to Thomas, stop doubting. The proof is in the scripture. Prophecies foretold all came true. And here I stand before you with wounds intact. God's holy word written for our learning allows the Holy Spirit to speak to us and strengthen us in our need. What's really important here is not what Jesus said, but what he did. Many people in our world today are uncomfortable with what Jesus did. They're uncomfortable with the idea of his body and blood in communion. They're uncomfortable how we worship Christ. Many of us can't watch the movie The Passion because of all the gore. It makes us uncomfortable. Things like this divide people. A lot of people can't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. They say the important part of Jesus is his teaching, his love, peace, justice, and how we are to treat each other. Now, don't get me wrong. These are all very important, but the heart of Christianity is taken out if you don't believe in the resurrection. Jesus died for us. He sacrificed everything for us. What John is saying here is that the apostle's job is to witness to all the miracles, death, resurrection, atonement, virgin birth, and incarnation of Jesus, not just his moral teachings. The moral teachings of Jesus, love one another and turn the other cheek, this was not what the people needed. Philosophically, it sounds great, but what they needed was Christ resurrected. Preaching the resurrection from the, right from the start changes everything. Philosophy doesn't change anything. The resurrection means your past is changed. It means the sacrifice that Jesus died on the cross for our sins is accepted. And if he is risen, not only our past is changed, but our present is changed. And not only that, but our future is changed. There is hope and liberation in this message, and that's what the people needed. A new hope, a new identity, and to be able to say, I am a different person. And that also is what our world needs today. 
Thomas needed to experience this to be a witness to the deeds of Jesus. He was not just chosen to be an apostle, but rather to show that you can trust that this is true, to show the nature of the gospel message and its transforming power. Thomas was a great man of faith, and he declares that by saying, my Lord and my God. That's the entire message of the book of John, declaration that Jesus is divine. He's the all-powerful creator God. Receive him as such or throw him out. Declaring this and believing it makes you a Christian. It's personal. My Lord, my God. Until you see Jesus as that, Lord and God, and not just a savior who helps you through the tough times, that has to be center in your life. Jesus as Lord and God. Nothing else matters. But how do we get there? How do we strengthen our faith in Christ? Dr. Keller said, Thomas shows us how. First, you have to listen to the apostles. They said, we have seen the Lord. If you want to find Jesus, get into the word. Read the accounts of how Jesus talked to people, touched people, dealt with people. It's good that you come to church and that you talk to Christians. But if you truly want to believe, you have to dwell in the word. Martin Luther wrote, this story is written as an example for us. We must learn to depend on the visible word of our invisible and incredible God because God doesn't lie or deceive us. We wait with confidence and patience for him to fulfill his promise. This is difficult for us because we are used to things we can touch, see, or feel. We have to learn to get out of what we can experience only with our senses and live according to what is invisible. Listen to the apostles. Read their stories and Jesus will become real to you. Second, see how patient Jesus has been with you. Thomas realized that Jesus had been listening the whole time. He had seen all of his doubts and all of his fears. Jesus knows everything we've ever said and done, good or bad. And he still says, I love you in spite of it. Thirdly, look at Jesus's wounds and believe that he died for you. Thomas saw in person the holes in Jesus's hands and side. He's the almighty king, both a wounded God and a wounded man with the Holy Spirit as the one true triune God. No other God sacrifices himself for another. But our Lord and our God does freely and repeatedly for you and for me. And lastly, drop the conditions. Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. But Thomas doesn't do it. And he doesn't respond with, oh, now I believe in the res resurrection. But rather, he responds with, my Lord and my God. He realized that as a believer, he commanded a condition. I'll believe if I see. We've all done it. I'll come to you if. I'll come to you if I'm healed 
or my spouse is healed, if I get this job, if I get out of this situation. In the devotional book, Morning and Evening by Charles Spurgeon, a preacher from the 1800s, he wrote, I know that my Redeemer lives. He is my Redeemer. I believe that. To say, I hope so, I trust so, is comfortable. And there are thousands in the fold of Jesus who hardly ever get much further. But to reach the essence of consolation, you must say, I know. Ifs, buts, and maybes are sure destroyers of peace and comfort. Doubts are dreary things in times of sorrow, like wasps that sting the soul. My Redeemer, my Lord, my God, it is truly personal. It must be personal. And John's gospel points to that personal relationship. In verse 30, he writes, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. As we heard when we began our worship this morning, today is our opportunity. Don't miss out. Our risen Jesus is here with his spirit and in his body and blood. We see, we touch, we believe, and we confess. Jesus is Lord. He's our Lord and God. Because it's hard to believe, the risen Jesus will return to us again and again in the mystery of Holy Communion, inviting us to touch and taste his presence and offering us his peace. Share him with the world. God knows the world needs Jesus more now than ever. Amen. Let us declare our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and dead. Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for God's people. Heavenly Father, we live in time in a time of uncertainty and unrest. Help us to be a people certain of your power, your love, your presence in our lives this day and all eternity. Help us be a people who rest in the truth. Your kingdom has been, is now, and forever will be. You are the Lord God, and we will keep our eyes upon you. We will trust you. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you entered the sealed house where the disciples were hiding. You shared your Holy Spirit with them. You offered them heavenly peace. Lord, in your mercy, find us. Enter all of the places we try to close off to you. 
Breathe life into us. Breathe healing into us. Breathe your heavenly peace into us. Renew us to be, to be, live as and make disciples. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, with joy and delight, we thank you that that new day has dawned and new hope is given. Christ is alive and you empower us to be alive with him. We thank you that grace is stronger than evil, that mercy is larger than suffering, that joy is greater than sorrow. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a day to celebrate Easter. We thank you for birthdays and anniversaries celebrated this week. We thank you for all of the loved ones you have placed into our lives and the beautiful memories that live on within us. We ask that you sustain the faith of those who mourn the absence of loved ones. And we ask that you touch the lives of those we know and love who are in need of healing, courage, and peace, especially those we name in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. 